And now, live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, Jackson, Mississippi, or, uh, like, tennis, Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Zachary Bartles through the miracle of technology. And on this podcast, Ease of use, man. We, we haven't spent the last half hour swearing at our computers. That's, that's not been a thing that we do on this show. Other shows might do that um, as, as they ramp up, but not us. Um, baby, Ted, since we're you? online now and we're, and we're talking, I am going to go ahead and light up my, my uh, Romeo y Julieta reserve. Yeah, do that, baby. It's kind of a celebratory uh, smoke. Um, in that it took us uh, it took us a little while to get uh, to get up and running. But tell me about your smoke. Why don't you uh, review that for us, man? We're going to harken back to the old days of this program um, when our our legs were touching on the settee uh, like gentlemen, and we can re- we could review uh, stogies together. Now I'm in the same space where our legs would have been touching, but it's now the uh, the Nakatomi Cigar Room. So it's yeah. a couple is of. Is the settee uh, still back there? Oh no, the settee is long gone. We sold that for way more than we paid for it. And uh, mm. now it's a couple of leather chairs. A uh, is, the, of, is there is there anything in there still where we could we could sit together and our legs would touch? Not. I mean, we could move these two chairs that are over on this side really close together, or maybe like we like you could sit in the Eames chair and I could I could put my feet up on the little <laughs> footstool and, and our. Right, okay, I, I don't, do don't want to do that though. Really, I mean, we, don't, we don't we don't have to make any hard and fast plans right now. I just want to make sure like. For, for when I get back up there. You like having your options open. Is the I thing. like having my options open. I just like talking about it ahead of time. I've got a little um, a little coffee going here. It's uh, Big B's Best Blend. Do you guys have Big B coffee down there? Baby, we do not have Big B down here. Oh. And in fact, I've never seen a Big B outside of the state of Michigan. I think that's just a, a, a unique to Michigan sort of thing. It's, so. it's not, dude. Remember, it used to be called Beaner's. Beaner's yes. Coffee for years. That's where it started in East Lansing by Michigan State. Yeah. And uh, it spread all over. And then when they started moving into like Colorado and some other areas, they, they found out that Beaner is actually like a really awful racial slur in a lot of places. <laughs> really? And so they had no choice but to change the name, and they changed it to Big B. I liked Beaners better. I, my, my opinion was always, if you're calling like Mexican people by that derogatory term, you should stop, rather than, in order to enable that, we should stop calling our coffee house that. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, you should just stop being a douche, rather than, yeah, like making a whole business sort of like rebrand themselves. <laughs> exactly. You know? It seems like the easier thing would just for an individual to, to, to stop being a douche. Yeah, be, be nice. And then we can all have our coffee and, you know, whatever. What do I know? You know, <laughs> I mean, imagine baby, you and I are small business owners. We understand what this is like. Imagine if we had to rename our, our, our business, our company after all these years, if gut check uh, turned out to be kind of microaggressive, which I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is to someone. In fact, if you're offended by gut check, please write in. Let us know the nature of your offense, and uh, maybe maybe we'll change the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. I'm not promising anything, but you know, I could, you might be you might be offended by the boxing glove. It just looks sort of like it's gonna like it's gonna jump out of the screen and hit you in the in the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So th- anyway, this is a cigar I've had many, many, many a time. Uh, you and yeah. I have had them together too. The the Romeo Julieta. Uh, 1875 mm-hmm. Reserve, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's uh, not wonderful, but it's a solid smoke. 
I turned all the fans. I have exhaust fans in the smoke yeah. room, but I turned them all off so that you wouldn't hear it. You know, so you'd hear minimal noise. Yeah, and yeah. So it's going to get really smoky in here, and I don't mind that one bit. That's okay, baby. Do, do you remember the? I think the best cigar I've ever had in my entire life I had with you, um, and it was a Davidoff. Do you oh remember yeah, when you smoked the Davidoffs. Yeah, I, I, I got us Davidoffs to to thank you for getting me uh, hooked up. With a book uh, deal, remember I got yeah. uh, the the two book deal, and and I said, dude, you need you deserve a uh, forty dollar cigar. Which, by the way, that was incredibly cool of you. And I remember thinking, like, ah, the cigar probably won't. I probably won't be able to taste the increase in price. You know what I mean? It probably won't be, you know, worth the additional like thirty dollars over and above what we usually spend on a on a stick. But I have to tell you, man, it did taste that good. It did. And then the uh, next morning. Like there was nothing, you know. There was no, there was no residual walkthrough feeling. Yes, that's right. There was no gross feeling. I, I can see why people smoke those. They're amazing. Yeah, I, I really love it. I, I've I've had three Davidoffs in my life, but none of them. Uh, only that one time did I get like that top shelf, you know, yeah. best cigar we could find. Uh, and the next time I have something wonderful to celebrate, I'm, I may do that. So like next, actually, you know what? Next time oh. you and I are together. Yes. Since, as I told you, the, the coffers of the gut check uh, joint business checking account with the expired DBA uh, <laughs> are, are actually kind of bursting because we haven't been spending money on anything. Let's, let's just go nuts and buy some really, really good cigars. You know where we're going to spend that money is Israel, my friends. Oh, yes. We're going to convert it to shekels. Dude, we're going to get a sense. We're going to convert it to shekels, and we're going to spend a lot of shekels on falafel and, and find cigars in Israel. We're going to get a sense for the cigar situation over there. Um, and then we're going to go nuts, baby. I yeah. can't wait. And Gut Check's buying Cliffy Graham a, uh, a cigar, too. That's right. So if you don't know, uh, we're referring to a trip that's coming up uh, at the end of May, the beginning of June. Zach Bartles, myself, uh, the great Cliff Graham, we are all three going to Israel uh, as a part of Cliff Graham's uh, tour company called Good Battle Tours. And what Cliff is endeavoring to do uh, is take groups of people to Israel with Christian authors. So uh, Zach, myself, there are a couple of other authors on this trip. Uh, we're going to be there for 10 days. And the thing is, uh, the price tag on this thing is just like scandalously low, Zach. Uh, so what Cliff wants to do, again, is bring younger folks over to Israel. So uh, typically, uh, Israel tours are kind of the purview of uh, rich old people. Cliff wants uh, pastors, seminary students, uh, younger folks on these tours to get to experience uh, kind of some of those those in-person places from the Bible. So I couldn't be more stoked about this. I'm really, really grateful to Cliff uh, for putting it out there for us. And if you want more information, you can check out goodbattletours.com. Nice. Baby, we are going to smoke some cigars like gentlemen in Israel. I can't wait. Dude, yes, absolutely. And you know what? There's something kind of sad about sitting alone in the, in the Nakatomi cigar room smoking mm -hmm. while talking to you with a connection that keeps dropping. Mm, I know it. Yeah, especially the connection dropping part. You know what? I envision a time where we will be together with no dropped connections. <laughs> there will be no distance separating us. And I'm not talking about eternity. I mean, I am. Like that will be that will be true of heaven, Zach. I mean, you're the man of the cloth. You tell me. But I think that will be true of heaven. But it'll also be true of Israel uh, when we're together for ten days, baby. Did it happen again? No, I'm, I was just messing with it that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to get really mad. 
You know what? I figured somebody should laugh because I, I don't think anyone's laughed yet in this in this six different audio files that are going to be you know, I know. I think we're, stuck I think together. We're so, tense. we're so tense about it. Dropping. Dude, you know what I just did before this? What um, Aaron and I went to uh, see Passengers. Have you seen that? I've not seen it. That's the uh, that's the new Chris uh, Chris Pratt movie, right? Yes, and and they're they're on the way 120 years away, and they're they're in suspended animation, and then Dude, the I two totally of them wake up. That. Was that good? Dude, it was great. It was a great date movie. It was a nice. great like kind of takes its time slow yeah. uh, character movie that then ramps up. It, it was fun. Outstanding, baby. I, I want to see it. I definitely want to see it. Uh, I recently saw the movie Live by Night. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> have you seen that one? I haven't, but I heard about it from the Jackson Sun. Yes, that's right. The Jackson Sun newspaper of record here in Jackson, Tennessee, and uh, around the globe. Um, I, I wrote a piece about it. I was so sort of disappointed is the wrong word because I still enjoyed it. You know what I mean? You can you can go and see a bad movie and still enjoy it. Um, th- this was a movie like that where like it had all the ingredients to be a good movie, but it just somehow missed the mark. Uh, but it was still fun. It was a gangster movie, Ben Affleck, uh, set in Prohibition times. And the, one of the big mistakes they made, I think, Zach, in this movie was um, it was in Boston for like 10 minutes. And then the remaining two and a half hours were in Tampa, which is <laughs> no offense to Tampa. I actually I've been to the Tampa area. I really love it. It's really beautiful. But it just seemed like an odd place for a Prohibition era gangster movie. I don't know. It was all sweaty and like. Uh, it was all like ceiling fans and like thick, humid air moving around and, and <laughs> Affleck sweating, you know, in his linen suits and his, and his obviously dye jobbed hair. His hair was like, it was jet black. It was the color of like a piano. Um, <laughs> except that he's an older gentleman now. Like he's in his mid 40s, you know, and uh, it just didn't work. It was weird. Dude. Do you want to read a, an excerpt from that, uh, or should we maybe put that that article on the Gut Check Army page and people can let's just put it on the Gut Check Army ledger. page? Let's let's drive a little traffic to uh, the Jackson Sun, man. The again, the newspaper of record and my part time employer. I'll just uh, uh, I'll just link to it on the show notes page. How about that? There you go, baby. That sounds um, good. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of movies, I actually came up with a, a movie concept uh, and was tweeting about it uh, yesterday. No okay, lay it on me. You know, sometimes I, I just have these epiphanies, you yeah. know, and, and uh, here's, here's the premise. It's the movie I call, and, and it's all in the title, and I know that titles, you know, are, are fluid things, and, and that the, the creative people don't always get to pick the titles, but okay, we'll just try this. So if, if Ted sounds, how you say, really bad all of a sudden, it's because he's <laughs> on his phone instead of on his podcasting mic. Mm. Uh, I'm about halfway done with my cigar, and I think we've gotten about seven minutes of, of usable audio um, so we're hoping that the phone, instead of the internet connection, uh, will, will hold up better. And also we've fired our producer. Producer's gone. Um, baby, this we, is really, there's only so much we can handle. This is really frustrating. Can we just, let, let's just lean into this for a minute, man. I mean, I feel like we were trying to put on a brave face for the audience and, and just sort of make it like we weren't like really struggling with this, but, um, I am struggling with it is the thing because hey. here, 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 here's the thing. We haven't done this in a super long time, and I was I was like really looking forward to doing this, you know. Right. I, I I too, um, and I had a number of topics I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you remember the one I I don't want to talk about? Yeah, I know I, I I do I remember, but I just feel like we had to talk about it. I feel like it was the elephant in the room. <laughs> like it was, like my emotions were being affected, you know. And I feel like that 
I feel like you could tell. I feel like the listener could tell that like just something wasn't right with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just want to. I want to be authentic. I want to be real with them and 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 not patronize them in any way. <laughs> I'm gonna double check that that my Wi-Fi is working. I am in a you know another a, a kind of closed off cavernous part of my house. Yeah. It says I've got five bars. It says I'm good. It says signal strength good. So yeah, I don't know. You know what that's is. all you can do is is believe them. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. Can I can I talk about instead of this downer topic? Can I talk about milk toasts, which is my show. Yeah, please do. My, so my you, yeah, you had a movie idea. So the movie premise is this, man. It's you've got a father and son living together in in uh, a house in a semi affluent area, right? Okay. They're portrayed by. David Hyde Pierce, who who plays okay. Niles on Frasier, who I love. At PS, we've been like, we've been watching a ton of Frasier. That's so that show is so great. Erin has been so uh, binging Frasier like on her lunch break. So I've been discussing Frasier a lot. I binged it myself two or three years ago. That's a really fun show, man. So yes. good. Um, so you got he he's the father, and his son is uh, portrayed by Neil Patrick Harris. Okay, and and they Which... are exactly what you'd expect those two to be together. All right, now a question in. Listen, man, far be it for me to find fault here already, Uh-oh. but are they far enough apart in age? Uh, I would think so because, I mean, Doogie Hauser was in the early, early 90s, and he was like 12 or something then, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess, I mean, do you have the capabilities while I, while I discuss the rest of the, the premise to look that information up? I could probably look it up. I don't want to be divided, like in my attention, but I'll try to do it. <laughs> like I know okay. for a fact that um, Neil, like David Hyde Pierce, when you look him up, you expect him to still be the kind of blonde, dashing. Yeah. But he looks like you know uh, a very old, very kind of feeble, sallow, like a man. feeble old man. He looks like yeah. James Suckling. He's become James Suckling. Uh, no, dude. If we ever do a biopic on James Suckling, he's going to be the guy. <laughs> David Hyde Pierce is. He's the first guy we'll pull, we'll, we'll we'll call for that role. All right. <laughs> so, so these guys, of course, are the titular uh, milk toasts in that they yeah. are into you know what you'd expect them to be into opera and, and they're foodies yeah. and they're they're very yeah. um, particular about everything. Then next door, uh, okay. they're in a neighborhood that's kind of like on the way down, while some other neighborhoods yeah. are being gentrified on the way up. Next door yeah. moves in a, another father son uh, mm-hmm. group uh, a, a pair. Which is yeah. uh, the son would be portrayed, and these, this is totally tied to these these actors. It can't be done without yeah, them. Yeah, the son yeah. would be portrayed by Jake Johnson. Are you familiar with this guy? No, I'm not. Not, okay. not in the least. He plays Nick on New Girl. Have you ever caught a, an episode of New Girl? Never caught an episode of oh. New Girl. Sorry, man. The conversation's really lagging because of my lack of yeah, yeah. Your lack of culture, really. Um, yeah, he yeah, was really. in uh, Jurassic yeah. World. Did you see Jurassic World? No. Uh-uh. Did you no. see Safety Not Guaranteed? <laughs> no, I no, I did not. That one you we should keep see. Trying. That's mar- that's yeah. marvelous. Um, uh-huh. Did you see? No, that's about all he's in that I know of. Okay, so anyway, he plays kind of a uh, salt of the earth kind of. Uh, yeah, I can see where you're somewhat going here. anti-government, going yeah. conspiracy yeah. theories kind of guy most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, really, kind of like lovably a mess. Okay, yeah. Sure. Then, then the father would be played by uh, Nick Offerman. Yes, right. Ron Swanson. Yeah, um, yeah. And and so so they'd both be kind of the Ron Swansony type type sure, sure. frame of mind. The the mm-hmm. the two uh, families would not get along. They would despise right. each other. They would slowly kind of form this feud, and then something yeah. would happen that would cause them to be uh, actually sentenced by a creative judge 
mm-hmm. court ordered to live together in the same house for like a, a week yeah. or a month or something. Um, I love this baby. I love it. This would be like a like your classic like. 80s early 90s like 89 minute comedy yes you know what yes. i mean yeah, or yeah. on the other end of the spectrum depending on how uh-huh. long they have to live together it could be like a, a 18 episode netflix original dude you're right yeah you're absolutely right so one or the other it could be a long movie but it could be like a 16 hour long tv season isn't that a weird dynamic that that's that's a thing it's a weird dynamic but you could give every joke and every like setup and every situation could be almost its own app you know that's kind of how the kind of how those netflix originals work yeah you know you just drag them out a little bit but uh but if you like the characters enough then it, it totally works baby i have an update on the the neil patrick harris age situation okay and i i think we can make this work all right all right neil neil patrick harris is 43 oh wow that's older than i thought okay i know and david Hyde pierce is 57 so he would have had to have had neil patrick harris when he was 14 right but he um, looks older and neil patrick looks harris older, looks yeah. young he looks like a youth you know it, it, it personified dude he looks yeah like rich 43 is like regular 33 you know so he looks he looks good yeah he looks young all right so so you know maybe we're just looking for some funding and i know you have connections in the business so i'm i'm kind of just throwing it all on your shoulders get this made many many connections you know what i'll uh, i'll make a couple of calls and we'll probably have this thing uh, rolling by late this afternoon. So that's the kind of that's the kind of juice I have in the industry now, baby. Once you once you've made one ultra low budget picture, you know the the sky really is the limit. So uh, you got any updates let, on when that is going to like come out or? Dude, no, but I have something I need to show you. And and you know what? Maybe we can post this with the show notes as well. We have a uh, we have a teaser trailer. Really? Um, it's brand new. It's not the like full-on sort of narrative trailer that we're gonna that we're gonna drop a little bit later because we just got uh word from the guy that owns all the usfl rights that we can use like the old game clips and stuff so we're gonna do a a longer trailer but uh but yeah this this is just a little teaser and it looks really nice and i'm super uh proud of it and excited about it so we are yeah we are in the midst of editing so uh our editor is also a a tv guy so he's he's kind of doing this in between tv jobs but uh but yeah, man, we're we're plugging away on it, and can I find this on YouTube or what? No, it's not. Uh, it's not up there yet. I will. Uh, I'll shoot you the link as soon as we uh, get off the air here, and then. Um, oh, why don't we watch it together on the air? Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yes, I will. Uh, hang on. Let me do. I miss having like being able to just have our producer take care of all this, but you know. Yeah, I know. You know what? We done. gotta. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Now we know how the other half lives, baby. Um, <laughs> And now to to you know the family of our producer Mrs. Eltrogi and his children we yeah. I, I apologize it, but it's hard yeah I mean you know this is this is the reality so I tell you what it'll take me a few minutes to get to this because I am not great at this stuff so let's emailing keep, yeah email I'm not great with the email <laughs> apparently I'm an 88 year old man baby speaking of that can I can I tell you about a charming thing that yes, happened please. to me because of writing yes. um. You know, our lives as writers can be hard. You and I, I feel like we've, uh, you know, we kind of have this dynamic in our in our friendship where we sort of shoulder each other's writing burdens and we have to prop each other up once in a while about that. But uh, so I've been writing these Jackson Sun columns and pretty pretty soon after we moved down here and, and soon after I started writing these things, uh, I started getting, I would get a letter. I would get a really nice handwritten letter on like, you know, custom sort of personal stationery. Uh, each time I would write one of these columns, I would get this really nice letter from 
uh, from a lady down here. Uh, I didn't know, you know, much about her, but she she would write these really complimentary things like I'm so glad you're in Jackson and I love your columns. And, you know, she said that I reminded me of uh, I reminded her of a bunch of writers that were way better than me. And it was just a really nice, like feel good sort of thing. Nice. And uh, as it turns out, she was this she's this 88 year old lady um, who lives here in Jackson. She does like prison ministry. So like three days a week, she's uh, she's going to like a local prison and doing discipleship with you know, women who are incarcerated and she's just lived this life of like, you know, incredible adventure and, um, you know, still sharp as attack for ADA. She, uh, I invited her to my class. So she actually came in for the last hour of my last podcasting class, um, last week. And she took like six pages of copious notes during the one hour that she was there making her the best student I've ever had in my life. She took more um, notes than, than yeah. most did in the entire class. Is what exactly. Saying? She yeah, she took way more notes than uh, than most of my students ever have. But um, but yeah, it was amazing, man. It was really cool. And um, yeah, so she writes me these letters, and I always write her back. So I had to I had to like hone my letter writing skills again and find stationery. But uh, I think the handwritten letter is kind of a lost art, baby. Well, kind of I know keeping... that our wives send them back and forth. They do, and I think frequently. that's the money. I'm really glad they do that. Now, Ted, I, I know that I, I never pressed when you when you mentioned this in passing, but you said that you'd written something for the Jackson Sun that that got a, a certain contingent angry with you, and it, and it kind of wrecked your week one week. Dude, it um, did. Oh yeah, it destroyed my week, and uh, I felt really bad for it actually. Really? Um, yeah. This is this is a. I, I don't know if you have this dynamic. So you and I are. Um, I, I don't know. We're men of letters. We're you know we we have these vocabularies and we. I think have the ability to be funny with our words, um, which I don't know about you, but for me, it sometimes gets me in trouble. Like I'll go overboard with the funny or with descriptions or whatever. And then, um, I'll make somebody mad and I'll feel really terrible about it. Um, and this happens. So this, this is a crazy story and it has a nice ending, but, um, so my, my kid was playing middle school basketball and we played this game on the road in this really small town in rural Tennessee with like a really small, loud gym. And basically, long story short, uh, our team was up by like 15 at the half. And then in the second half, the refs just like totally took the game away from us. Like they fouled out our two best players, one of whom was Tristan. And uh, the other team ended up winning. And to my like shame, I like lost my mind, Zach. Um, oh, I I'm wish I could have con- seen this just from a sheer oh, morbid dude, curiosity kind you, of. Point. You would have been so entertained by this, and I just flipped out. Like I, I, I literally lost my freaking mind. And there are only a couple things that I'm viciously competitive about. Um, you know, one of which is is football, and I've I've spent you know my whole life involved in that sport, and I, I take it very personally. But you know, watching you know watching your kid play a sport. And seeing like victory taken away from them in such an egregious way, um, it was really hard. So I was like, "Well, I have the the power of the liberal media right at my fingertips. I should write something about this." So, um, so I went home. I dashed off this, you know, super funny column um, about it. And and the column was actually it was like a numbered list of ways to lose. So I was trying in my own head to get my mind around like. These are all the losses that you can have in your life and why each of them hurts or doesn't hurt. So it was really an exercise in like, uh, I don't know, just trying to get my own head right. But uh, but I ran the column. A bunch of people liked it. Well, um, I mentioned the other community by name. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And then when when we played them again, we played them at home like a week and a half later or something. Like their fan base wanted to kill me. They were like heckling me at our own, at, at, like at our gym. So it was about uh, you instead of about the kids. It was about me instead of about the kids. I felt terrible. <laughs> sounds like an episode of like everybody loves Raymond, dude. Literally, it could have been. It could have been a sitcom, baby. It, it oh absolutely could have been a sitcom. So these people were heckling me. I felt terrible. I apologized to them. Like, how I did you like say, "All right, gather around a minute, and I'm going to make an apology"? Or did you do it in print? No, I, I did it both ways. Like, I, I did it there in the moment, and I even apologized to their team. And then I did it in print. And the and the the, the happy ending to the story is. Um, they said a bunch of really nice things after my apology and, and, you know, I, I felt better and I think they felt better. And, you know, at the end of the day, I very much regret writing it. I wish I hadn't, it's sort of like driving angry. You know, you like shouldn't get behind yes. the keyboard when you're, when you're angry. Um, and I definitely was. And that was, that's a lesson that I should have learned by now in my writing <laughs> career. But I, in fact, I think I had learned it and I just ignored it, you know, which is even right. worse. Um, but but yeah, that's how that's how that all went down. It was not uh, it was not a nice moment. But um, thankfully, so, but does this this makes up for that though? This thing with the eighty eight year old woman. Oh yeah, it was great. No, she's just she's delightful. She's really delightful, and um, you know that thing has just been amazing. Now I'm trying to find this thing. Uh, All right, so, you know what? Let's while while you're still trying to figure out the trailer, I'm going to read a review that we okay. we had. It's actually a little bit older. It's from last November. But okay, I've just had it kind of sitting around, and it's very nice. short. I don't know how okay. we, we didn't have time for this. Actually, we've okay. only podcasted like twice since since November. So. Um, and then you're going to review that uh, that other drink from Scotty McLean. Yes, I am. And then I, I would like to read a selection from uh, our forthcoming white paper, um, Hans Bobby. I'm your white paper. Nice. I was working on that this morning, dude. Great, baby. I wanted to. I wanted to get a little update on that. I, I it's at my it's at my office at church. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So here's the review. It says reviewer name R E colon Nate. Uh, I don't mm. know if this person actually changed their mm. their screen name on iTunes as like a re-raptured homage, or or if they already happen to have that, or what. But uh, the title of the review is "I Feel Glum." Oh no! Nate. <laughs> and the it's five stars. Okay. And he says, "I give this podcast five stars, one for every Die Hard movie." Nice, nice. Short and sweet, and wonderfully to the point. Yeah. And and fawning. Yes, I know that's. A- you know what? That's that's got everything you want in a review. You know, this guy Renates. He's a he's a good guy. I hope he uh, I hope he weighs in again. Now, and the thing is that it's lately there have been a few people that that forgot that what we like is fawning praise. Yeah, uh, who have like written something kind of snarkily critical and then been like, hey, let's let's hear about that. You know, talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, and, and instead of talking about it on the podcast, I've just deleted it from our Facebook page. Yeah, so yeah, no, and that's the right <laughs> thing to do because we don't want to talk about it. You know, who are we no, kidding? No. We don't want to. We don't want to talk about that. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here with that. With that. Seriously, you, you know who you are, you know. Ridiculous. <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear about that drink, man. What, how's how's that hitting you, baby? So okay, Scotty McLean, friend of the program, uh, sent us a nice care package the other day. 
And included was an energy drink that was gross that I think we reviewed on our last program. And mm-hmm. now an energy drink that's awesome. Also included, and I don't know if these were in the ones that you got, he sent me two random like beef sticks. Did yeah, you get the those beef are sticks? long gone over here. Yeah, they're, they're long gone over here too. I ate the last one today, man, and they were delicious. So these the are spicy jalapeno one was great. That was terrific, wasn't it? So these are these are all uh, indigenous products to like uh, the Portland area, <laughs> aren't they? Except what you're about to review, which is indigenous to Seattle, in that it's Starbucks. It is Starbucks. It's a little company called Starbucks. Maybe you've heard of them. <laughs> and the flavor here is Mexican mocha. And the the can, the aesthetic of the can, ah, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I don't know why I feel this, but it, it has a certain, like, Mexican vibe. And I, I don't even know, like, it's just the color Tease scheme. Tease that out, man. What are you saying? I don't know. It's just the color scheme. I don't know. I feel like I'm in Mexico when I'm, when I'm looking at this can. <laughs> you know? It's called Mexican mocha. Starbucks Double Shot Energy, Garana B Vitamins Ginseng Energy Coffee Beverage. Um, Dude, and, and Starbucks, in, when they go energy blend, yeah. they do it well because they, they've got the, the, the robust coffee mm-hmm. and they'll do the Guarana Ginseng, B Complex, Ginkgo Biloba. I mean, yeah. everything you want. It's not just like... Uh, here, here's something, you know, a cold coffee drink that yeah. will wake you up. It's definitely full on. They do it well when they do they energy do. drinks. They do. Baby, you know you know your way around these uh, ingredient lists, don't you? You've had oh, a few man. of these in your day. Dude, I have been drinking. Um, I used to. <laughs> I, I've been drinking energy drinks, if you count Jolt Cola, mm-hmm. for literally 27 years. Uh, and we used to get the one liter jolts. Yeah. Um, and, and then we would get these little, they were, they were ginseng like packets Mm -hmm. and you'd tear the top off. It was almost like like the size of a ketchup packet. Yeah. And we'd squirt it into the top of the jolt and drink that. Uh, and man, that was, that was really an awful, but like nicely awful taste. And, and it it really would get you ramped up that I think that, um, ginseng has more staying power than caffeine Mm -hmm. and obviously a lot more than sugar. So it would kind of, it would would even out the whole experience. You know what? You've been drinking this for a while. Are you, are you feeling up? I am feeling up. I'm feeling terrific. And, uh, you, you know what it reminds me of you knowing your way around the ingredients so well, it reminds me of, of when Sergeant Al Powell was in the he was in like the gas station in Die Hard, and uh-huh. uh, wait no, was was that in the gas station or later on the phone with John McClane where he recounted the um, all the ingredients in uh, in in the Twinkie? It was it was on the uh, it was on the walkie talkie. It was after yes. he had bagged it. Yes, and uh, yeah, big time, big time, and yeah, he because he, he, he goes, I just bit into a hundred year old Twinkie, uh, yes. a thousand year old Twinkie, and he goes, and he what said, do they put, they put in these things, things anyway? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love it, baby. And how sad was it that Al Powell could just rattle off the ingredients? I mean, Al Powell had, had a few Twinkies in his day, as evidenced by his physique. You know, dude, is there any? When you talk about Al Powell, he's dead, right? He's dead now. When you talk about him in the white paper, no, he's still alive. He's working on a movie with John McClane. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I would assume that he would. He must have skinnied up like Al Roker, right? Yeah, maybe he's skinny up. He got on a skinny. fitness regimen. He's he's doing CrossFit. <laughs> So, you know, if, Red, if Reginald Vell Johnson actually got skinny, he'd look weird and he like would look weird. I don't like that. I don't like it when they get skinny. Just be who you are. <laughs> you know, I realize you're healthier and you're probably like happier in your life, and it's going to make you live longer. But it looks weird to me. You know, yeah, like Wayne Knight. Have you seen Wayne Knight lately? Oh yeah, dude. Yes, he looks weird. He looks so strange. He does. I know. It's not. It's not right. 
I feel I like mean, good too, for him. I'm glad that he's healthy now. But somebody should study this. I feel like they get less funny when they get skinny. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Yes, they do. They turn yes. into they turn into the kind of people who like care a whole bunch about fitness, and and those people are never funny. You know what I mean? Aaron and I watched um, War Dogs uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, w- which has Jonah Hill in it. Yeah. And he's someone who had gotten super weirdly skinny. Yes. Uh, like the same time Zach Galifianakis did. Yes. And I was so happy to see that he was fat in the movie because he's just a different kind of funny when he's fat. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. This is a real thing. Um, and it's, Anything else to say about the taste of the, the beverage? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got <laughs> off track there, didn't we? And we'll, and we'll loop back around to Sergeant Al Powell and Die Hard. Don't worry. Um, I, I want to read some copy here. We got we got to be faithful. We got to walk this thing out like we normally do here with the, on the program. Um, so this is Starbucks Double Shot Energy Mexican Mocha. It says, "Begin with the bold taste of Starbucks coffee and a blend of ginseng, guarana, and B vitamins. Then top it off with a Mexican chocolate-inspired kick of flavor. The world is waiting. Make it yours." Nice. That's nice. It's understated. Starbucks knows what they're doing here, Zach. I mean, this isn't some yeah. like fly by night, uh, you know, vat of chemicals in New Jersey kind of uh, energy drink company. This is a <laughs> this is the real deal. This is global. This is global. I'm going to give you the nose. Mm. It just smells like creamy, like Mexican coffee mocha situation, um, and that's what it tastes like. It tastes like a mocha milkshake. You know what I'm saying? It tastes, uh-huh. it tastes like it has about 4,000 calories in it, too, is the other thing. <laughs> you know? Okay. Like it, now, are, you, are you still dieting? Is this, is this a huge like splurge for you that you'll be paying for for weeks? Uh-uh. No. You know what? The thing is, um, because like Christmas and Thanksgiving happened, I'm completely off the diet now. Um, Congratulations, man. Yeah. I couldn't be happier for you. I am living my life again. Um, <laughs> I'm eating whatever I want, and... Uh, and it's terrific. It's 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 a terrific way to live. Is, is all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm drinking this 4,000 calorie ginseng Mexican milkshake and uh, and loving every every drop. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Dude, this baby? Is... Isn't that nice? What I'm saying about about this drink. <laughs> you know, I feel like Starbucks owes us some money. They do. I, I, I listen. I wish we could get a Starbucks sponsorship. I know they've got they've got money. They got money on top of money. They got they got you know um, they they could do this is what I'm saying, Zach. They could they, they did product placement in Fight Club. Why can't they do it on our program, dude? I know. I feel like the two products are analogous. You know, you do Fight Club, you do this. I mean, you're hitting the same audience pretty much. Right. Yeah. Well, in Fight Club, I know that they they had to like kind of shoot it in like three or four minute segments. And they yeah. kind of loop them all together because you know the the connection kept going. That reminds down. me of something. Yeah, it reminds me of this program. <laughs> kind of raw, kind of gritty. You know, kind of cadged together, haphazardly. <laughs> I feel like if you like that, if you like that motif, you, you're you're gonna like our program, and you're gonna like Starbucks double shot Mexican mocha. Um, so I'm gonna put this out there, Starbucks corporate. If you're listening, we would and like. We know you are. We would like to do a business deal with you okay we're we're businessmen we're hard we're hardened we're we're jaded um <laughs> we've been around the block a few times with this company we've had deals we've had deals that have fallen through zach we've had deals that have come through 
okay? There's no secret. Starbucks, if you're feeling a little bit kind of overwhelmed by the idea of doing a business deal, we'll walk <laughs> you through it. Okay? We'll walk you. Maybe you haven't done a lot of business deals. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe you're new to the whole business deal thing. It's okay. We were too at one point. You know, now now we're jaded veterans. I mean, we're corporate <laughs> uh, people, but <laughs> corporate people. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. All I want is a free case of this product. I would do it for that. I'm naming my price. I can be bought yes. with a free case of Mexican Mocha Double Shot Energy on my doorstep. Um, if you can make that happen, we will promote you. We we will we will champion your little I'd like company. Some on my doorstep too, Ted. But... Well, yeah, that goes without saying. Well, when I say my doorstep, I mean your door, both of our doorsteps. But um, we will champion your product. We will help your little try-hard coffee company. <laughs> we will – listen, we will get you over the hump, okay? We, we, will, we will help you turn the corner as a company. Um, <laughs> I'm going to check my email as soon as this goes up. I bet we're going to have some offers. Do you remember um, when The Onion did the story about – it was in the like late 90s, early 2000s about Starbucks now opening <laughs> locations in existing Starbucks bathrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was so great. Dude, I feel like, I don't know if you checked The Onion recently, but I feel like The Onion, like they ran a compilation of like all their Obama stuff uh-huh. um, right around when Trump got inaugurated. It was so funny, dude. It was so freaking funny. Um, I hadn't read The Onion See, I don't. I think they've jumped the shark in a way. And I heard you, you know, you guys were talking about this on The Happy Rant and, and saying that you, you felt like they were still solid, like mm-hmm. they were still funny. Yeah. I feel like... On, I, I, and, and not anybody's fault. Like the kind of humor they're doing, they've done it all. Yeah, they have. And and yeah. everything is kind of now retreads different versions of old jokes they've already done. Sure. And it's the the only one that's made me laugh out loud in the last year mm-hmm. was something about a graphic artist uh, for um, Cosmo Cosmo or somebody mm-hmm. having to uh, like stay up all night and Photoshop out all of Amy Adams' swastika face tattoos. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, usually I look at it. I'm like, yeah, okay. You, Dude, why I remember Adams? when you did What's that joke, joke again. Is she, is she like uh, that way? I think because she's like, no, she's just like apple pie. She's so, yeah. you know, all American, yeah, clean yeah. cut. You know, girl next door, pretty. That the idea that she's walking around with, right? And that was the swastika joke. face. It's just funny. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe, now that we've deconstructed it, it's not. But do you know it still is? Do you? Uh, do you ever read a column on there, a love and relationships column called Smooth Bee? Smooth Bee? I love Smooth Oh, yeah. We've Bee. talked about Smooth Bee before, man. Smooth Bee is the only Onion thing that I consistently read, and they only post them like – they only come out like once or twice a year. So I'm like you know, w- waiting for Smooth Bee. But, uh, you see, there was a, that's one of the few left of the original stable of regulars, yeah. including A Room of Gene's Own, which I love. Oh, dude, that was so funny. Gene uh, Teasdale. Herbert Kornfeld, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Herbert Kornfeld, absolutely. He died. What? The character died. Yeah, they killed him off. He got killed by like a letter opener in, in, a, <laughs> in a fight with another accountant. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, I loved those, man. I love those recurring characters. It was great. Baby, speaking of recurring characters and characters that recur in our life and in our creative <laughs> process, um, we have a new white paper. We are... Almost ready to drop this thing, Zach. From Gut Check Some Academics, or so our academic publishing wing, um, we are vetting the paper. We are having it peer-reviewed. Um, <laughs> nothing moves quickly in academia. I work in the academy. I can, I can attest to this. But it will be well worth the wait. 
Um, but you and I are, are hard at work on this thing. And it's, I have to tell you, this has been really fun for me. Um, I've enjoyed Why don't we this. promise that it'll be up by the time this app is up? I would love that. I didn't want right, to speak out of turn, as it were. But, um, but I, I would love for that to, to, to be. Um, the paper that we're referencing, of course, is called Hans Bubby, I'm Your White Paper. Reflections on the cultural impact of Die Hard nearly 30 years later. So kind of a retrospective. But um, we have part one, which is Where Are They Now?, uh, in which we catch up with a lot of the characters from the film, Zach. And we go we go deeper. We go deeper than just, you know, John McClane and, and you know, his wife. Uh, we, we really delve. We take a deep dive into these characters. And, yeah. Uh, tracking them down and, and seeing... Uh, what they're doing now after all these years. Yeah, why don't I read a selection um, or two from mine and uh, just a teaser so we can just kind of tease this a little bit. Would that be okay? Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, This one is called I Love You. Sergeant Al Powell has no trouble showing his emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Al Powell may be the world's most complete man from an emotional standpoint. (laughs) Think about it. When we meet Powell, he's unabashedly singing a Christmas song. That's true, as he's driving. He then enters a gas station, and instead of taking advantage of the make-your-own-milkshake machine, which, (laughs) duh, is actually just soft-serve ice cream, he buys like 400 Twinkies for his pregnant wife. Sure. And instead of getting all macho and defensive when the guy with the walrus mustache goofs on his purchase, (laughs) he just takes it in stride and cracks a joke. Powell is a good dude. (laughs) It's hard to speculate on what Powell is doing now due to the fact that in 1988, adults looked much older. So Powell <laughs> may have been 25 or 45 when the Nakatomi incident took place. <laughs> so true, dude. It's so true. Let's split the difference and say that he was 35. <laughs> <laughs> Powell's son, Al Jr., did indeed play on a swing set with John McClane's kids and then went on to receive a full-ride basketball scholarship to UNLV before an 11-year NBA career with the Portland Trailblazers, Utah Jazz, and Seattle Supersonics. Al Jr. was good, but not great from an NBA standpoint. But I guess the significant part is just the fact that he got there and made enough money to buy an ostentatious new home for Al Sr. Al Jr. also briefly dated a Kardashian. (laughs) Shortly after gunning down Carl, Al Sr. signed a two-book deal with Thomas Nelson Publishers, (laughs) and penned his memoirs entitled You Couldn't Drag Me Away, The Al Powell Story. (laughs) Sales were tepid. No, sir. (laughs) No, sir. You couldn't drag me away. (laughs) Sales were tepid, and the second title never materialized. Oh. McLean and... This sounded too close to home, actually, Ted. (laughs) McLean and Powell Sr. remained friends, a friendship that grew considerably after McLean settled permanently in Ramona, actually Pomona. (laughs) The two penned a screenplay together entitled White Cop, Black Cop, A Unique Friendship, which title, according to a dormant IMDb page, at one point had Christian Slater and Malcolm Jamal Warner attached to play the parts of McLean (laughs) and Powell, respectively. I would pay to see that, buddy. The project is in turnaround at Paramount. Nobody (laughs) knows quite what that means. (laughs) Powell still eats, quote, way too many Twinkies, chuckles good-naturedly. And has also shot four more dudes since Carl. <laughs> they all had ray guns. Looked real enough. <laughs> they did exactly. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read about another one here, Zach. I'm just gonna tease one more of these characters. 
Uh, this section is called Shut It Down Now, Walt down at Nakatomi. Uh, a, a reality in which Walt is still alive. That's mm. what I'm interested in. I know? know it. I know it. Perhaps the unsung hero of the entire Nakatomi incident was Walt down at Nakatomi. <laughs> Walt worked for the electric company and, as you'll recall, was tasked with shutting down an entire city grid even though it was Christmas Eve, and he knew it would totally ruin a bunch of people's Christmases. <laughs> it really sucked to be Walt in that moment, because he had Special Agent Johnson from the FBI breathing down his neck, and his boss on the other end of the portable thing doing the same thing. <laughs> but the fact that Walt handled the whole thing with such good-natured aplomb didn't escape the attention of his bosses or the media. Walt quickly rose through the ranks of the Greater Los Angeles Energy Authority, and ascended to the role of vice president, where he made a comfortable six-figure salary. Additionally, Walt's memoir, entitled We Got a Big Problem Down Here, (laughs) sold over 100,000 copies and turned Walt into a minor celebrity. He briefly dated 90s movie star Minnie Driver before finally (laughs) settling down and marrying Los Angeles newscaster Gail Wallens. The couple has two children. So Walt did well. Walt on Anakatomi did well for himself, so... Yeah, you, you shut it down, shut it down now. Shut it now. down now. Great character. Great, great character. <laughs> Baby, speaking of great characters, do you, do you have anything else that you want to do with the program? Because I think we should read uh, a chapter in our uh, terrific Rapture novel, Re-Raptured. I got a couple, of, a couple of brief things to bring up. I would love for you to do that. One is I want to brag about something, and one is I want to confess something. Okay. I'm listening. Now... The one thing that I'm really excited about is a member of the Gut Check Army kind of rained on my parade just before we recorded. Oh, no. Um, in that, I, I was on Twitter, Okay. Um, which you should be on Twitter uh, anytime. You should sign up. We've got our 500 Get Ted on Twitter hashtags. No the kidding. The Army did the work. They're oh. waiting for the reward, etc. Wow. Um, that is but, incredible. Uh, yeah, it is, and it didn't take that long if you think about you know how much. It's a lot to, to tweet. 500. It really is a uh, lot. 500 of anything is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so uh, I was on Twitter and I saw that I had a couple new followers and I'm getting excited because I'm up up close to a thousand followers and I haven't used any weird tricks, you know, or follow back services or anything. Mm -hmm. And I saw a name that I was like, that can't be real. Yeah. That I had been followed by one CC Winans. I've heard of CC Winans. Of course she has. Yeah. She's one of the most uh, famous and successful gospel singers of the 80s, 90s, or 90s and, and 2000s and now. That's right. Um, she's she, BB and CC Winans. Um, she, I mean, she's she's gospel like royalty. Yeah, right. Following and in my you. mind, I... Go ahead. Following you. That, that, that's exciting, baby. This is huge. I thought so. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I had kind of concocted... Uh, I didn't dare believe, but kind of chuckling to myself, like mm. she must have read one of my books yeah. and been like, ah, oh, I like this. I'm going to like follow this, this gentleman. Because she, she's got half a million plus followers, and she's only following like 1,100 people. Yeah. So I'm like, this must be somebody who's kind of discerning about who she's following. Um, except that, then when I sort of humble bragged about it on Twitter, yeah. uh, one, one of our Gut Check Army uh, listeners was like, oh yeah, she followed me too the same day. Isn't that weird? Mm. And I was like, oh, let me see if this guy wrote some books and maybe she, <laughs> nope, it doesn't look like he did. So I don't know what's going on. Um, but <laughs> Maybe this other guy wrote some books. I love it. I love that that was your first thought. I, I wonder how special. <laughs> I was trying to save the narrative. Uh, yeah, right? I wonder how special this other guy is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to relight a minute. By the way, it is insanely smoky in here and my eyes are watering. Oh no. Oh wow. 
So, baby, what's the what's the thing to confess? So the other the other day we were recording and and you asked if I had ever uh, like pretended to agree with someone's taste in order to woo a girl. Yes, right? mm-hmm. and I said I hadn't. Yeah, um, and and I don't think I have, but. Some time ago, mm-hmm. going back, probably when you still lived here, yeah. uh, you and I had a conversation about the 90s, which a lot of our conversations are, Yeah, and, and we were reminiscing about uh, television's... Oh, you know what that is? That is the sound of our rotary dial phone in the mm-hmm. Nakatomi I hear it. I hear smoke it room. I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to let that beautiful sound let it go. It's reverberate. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I had, to, I had to do a little uh, kind of contractor work in order to get that that plugged in out here you know what the beautiful okay. baby retro phone that you gave me is sitting right here in my office i'm looking at it nice i've got it's another gorgeous. one that's that's just like it but hangs on the wall now oh i like that okay it stopped mm-hmm. um what was i saying oh yeah you were so yeah. so we were talking about uh, television's friends yeah the, the phenom mm-hmm. and uh about like back when we were in, in in late high school and that show started and we were in college mm-hmm. uh who we liked yeah. right yeah and I, I said, uh, you know, obviously everybody in America had like a, a major crush on on uh, Jennifer Aniston sure. when she was the it girl. Yeah. Uh, and then I said, you know, kind of testing the waters. You know, yeah. what did you think of Phoebe? Yeah. And you said, eh, not not you know, really. I was never a Phoebe guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't. I thought she had a weird face, or you know, and, yeah. and she she didn't seem as classically beautiful. And I said, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm on the same page with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, dude, Phoebe was always my favorite. Baby, that's okay. You could say that. I, I see. I feel like I can now, but I don't know what it was that was. I you know, I think I was trying to to agree with you. Like, like I've never done that. I've never done that to to woo a girl. Yeah, but but I kind of was. You were doing you know, it to woo I, me. I was personality mirroring. You were that. That's a, that's <laughs> astonishing. Well, I, I have a I have a couple of reactions to that. Um, okay. Number one, I'm flattered. Um, <laughs> it means the world to me that you would that, that you would feel. Uh, compelled to do that for me, to lie. It's such an important topic, on, you know. On, on such a huge topic, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and for the record, I don't think Phoebe is unattractive. I don't. I don't think she has a weird. I, I you know, but but for me, it was it was more um, always a, a Jennifer Aniston situation for me. Um, okay. Number two, I I don't want us to have a culture here at the company where you feel like <laughs> you have to. <laughs> To, to, to lie or to bend the truth, to, to curry my favor, you know? I, I, I want you to be able to be honest about, about such weighty matters here in the, in the halls of Gut Check Corporate. It's wonderful to clear the air. It really you know? is. I mean, yeah, the, the air is anything but clear in here. I can't see my <laughs> yeah. hand in front of my face. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, proverbially. To, to clear the proverbial air, absolutely. Can you even hear me through the smoke? I mean, can <laughs> I you can. hear my words? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a testament to the quality of your microphone is, is what that is. But... Uh, yeah, the, the Blue Snowball podcasting microphone apparently works amazing, even in like smoke-addled back rooms. So that's granted, uh, we couldn't record when you were on yours, but you know, no, we couldn't. Yeah, it doesn't work apparently in you know pristine uh, climate-controlled offices, but nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, we are in the midst of uh, what we like to call Gut Check Literacy Month, and um, this company is not just about taking; it's not just about making money and making deals. And I, I know we spent a lot of time talking about um, this potential deal that we have in the works with Starbucks, and we're all really excited about it. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to 
I'm not going to lie about that, Zach. I mean, you and I, as, as co-owners of this company, we're, we're excited about what could happen with Starbucks. But um, this company is also about giving back. And um, one, one way that we like to give back um, is by reading our book out loud on this program. Um, so Gut Check Literacy Month is taking listeners through uh, a book that we wrote called Reraptured. The book is available on Amazon.com. Uh, our favorite little online bookseller. So if you're uh, inclined, if you use uh, the internet to purchase books, you can run over to Amazon.com and grab yourself a copy. Um, we are on Chapter 31. Um, we're nearing the end of Gut Check Literacy Month, which has actually gone about a year and a half now. And <laughs> it's uh, the first month to ever go longer than a full year. It yeah. really is. Yeah, we're making history on the program. You know, we're making deals. <laughs> we're making history. We're we're making a lot of things. Um, so this is chapter 31. It's called Beauty and the Mark of the Beast. How do we want to do I've this? I've got it up in my palm pilot here in my hand. Terrific. Do you want to just take the first section? I can take the next? Yeah. Or, okay. Great. I believe this is one that I wrote. Okay. Um, and this is, of course, we, we left people high and dry there for a while and right in the midst of the climax of the story. Yeah, so hopefully you've stuck stuck with this and you're, you're still um, hanging on every word. So, Zach, uh, why don't you take us into <laughs> chapter 31, Beauty and the Mark of the Beast? All right. The rain is on hiatus, but the wind is picking up fiercely. Emma estimates that she's about two-thirds of the way up the light stanchion, and already her fingers are numb and her legs are on fire. She needs to pick up the pace, she decides, or she may not make it in time. Looking up, she realizes just how bad things are. If the rapture happens right now, she'll be... <laughs> she'll be slammed into the bottom of a metal platform. Squinting, she can just barely make out a bunch of wires and transformers and stuff, too, straight above her. With her luck, she'd be electrocuted. What then? If you've already missed the dead being raptured, and then you die before the main rapture, <laughs> is it possible to fall through the cracks? <laughs> deep theological questions here, really. Yeah. Uh, every bit as, as deep and, and legitimate as the ones that uh, Left Behind brings up. Absolutely. Uh, she knows she's read an article on this very thing in a back <laughs> issue of Van Shrimpy's monthly periodical, but she can't remember the details. A powerful gust of wind yanks her away from the scaffold, <laughs> ripping her right hand from its death grip. She barely catches herself, feeling her heart thud in her chest as she watches the charred, blood-stained copy of the dispensational tract flutter downward, slowly dancing, like a little kid begging her to play with it. In this moment, she's sure that there is this entire life behind things and this incredibly benevolent force that wants her to know there's no reason to be afraid. That's the most '90s reference. Oh ever. yeah, that's like that's like from the movie. Uh, yeah, that movie, American Beauty. Yeah, yeah. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She mm. says, mm. "Powerful, powerfully written, Zach." Oh, thank you. You did a nice job with that section. All right, we have a second. I, didn't, I definitely didn't paste it in from the IMDb quotes page of American Beauty. If that's what you're <laughs> definitely thinking, definitely not. <laughs> the most beautiful thing she's ever seen continues fluttering downward beautifully. <laughs> making wider and wider arcs until it comes to rest on James Wiles' right foot. He looks down at the battered one-inch-by-three-inch saddle-stitch comic book tract and feels an emotion he hasn't experienced in decades. Mm. Maybe it's the surreal nature of the night's events or the energy of the stadium at night. He's never been to a football game before. But he's definitely caught up in something big. His ponytail snaps <laughs> like a whip as he passionately grabs up the tract and begins devouring the words... It explains how to read selective scripture passages through the grid of current headlines, <laughs> Nostradamus, and sort of ancient Mayan prophecies, sort of. It explains that the oldest Greek, Greek manuscripts of the Gospels 
don't contain Jesus's words about no one knowing the day or the hour of his return. It details how NASA's Large Hadron Collider will switch the North and the South Poles and how the European <laughs> Union will force everyone to upload their Facebook profile pictures to a central mainframe computer. And aside, Ted, with yeah. the exception of that Facebook thing at the end, all of those are real things that I heard a different guy with a similar uh-huh. name, yeah. uh, Jack Van Impey, uh-huh. actually say with a straight face. And uh. I was in the room listening as a as a spectator. That's, That's outstanding. Real. Oh, yeah. to have been in that room with you. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it all makes so much sense in a weird kind of way. He remembers the magic, the way it feels to just put aside academic concerns like genre and authorial intent, and give yourself over to a system. He rereads the track twice and then closes it in his hand. For some reason, probably because it just happened, and it was the most horrific, traumatizing thing he's ever seen, a vision of Alex <laughs> shouting to his professor, then being blown to smithereens, fills James's mind. He feels oddly inspired by it. What a weird day. <laughs> Who would have ever thought this morning that he'd be inspired by that little slacker? On the back of the tract, the shrimp <laughs> shrimp press logo catches the professor's eye and something clicks inside him. There's a certain finality about the click. It, the click, is the most beautiful thing he's ever felt. He's, he's still not so sure about this rapture stuff, but he won't allow anyone up into the light stanchion. He's sure of that. No one can be allowed to hurt Van Shrimpy. Bill Walarski, defensive lineman for the Chicago Corruption, cannot believe his ears. Coach Smith, two referees, and a paunchy league representative, his blousy golf shirt stuffed into his pleated khakis and billowing in the wind, are involved in a heated exchange. You can't call a game before halftime when it's not even raining, the coach shouts. A referee gestures wildly. Look around you! We got an army forming on the sidelines, guns, explosions, and body parts on the field, not to mention one quarterback a quarter mile off the ground. This is a circus. We're running a serious league here. That's what this is about, isn't it? Strongbow has flown away, and now Morrison wants to call it quits while he's ahead. Where is that old jerk, anyway? Don't worry about Morrison. He has no say in this. The game's over. Accept it. The coach's eyes narrow. Don't make me call Ditka, he warns. (laughs) There is a hush among the men. The league rep finally speaks, his voice cracking. How dare you? I'm sorry, (laughs) Coach Smith replies. That was out of line. But put yourself in my shoes. Strongbow's lost the magic touch and flown the coop. We're making a comeback here. There are league records at stake. How can you just call game? It's not Strongbow I'm worried about. It's the lady with the giant gun, okay? If she's still on the field in five minutes, this game is over. End of story. Bill Wolarski stuffs his helmet onto his head and takes off at a sprint. He'll knock that lady off the field. The game will go on. The words, what the heck am I doing, are just beginning to form in his regularly concussed (laughs) head as it makes contact with Sylvia, slamming her to the ground and knocking her out cold. Her cell phone lands 20 yards away. Message sent, reads the display. Uh, you okay, lady? He asks, sheepishly (laughs) removing his helmet like a gentleman. She doesn't answer. Um, I think I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) The lineman looks up just in time to see a tall, skinny, middle-aged man with Coke bottle glasses bearing down on him, a frightening, wild look in his eyes. Yeah! Max <laughs> shouts as he jumps four feet into the air and drops Wolarski with a double kick to the abdomen. Suddenly, the field is swarming with dozens of thoroughly padded security guards swinging batons every which way, singularly set on expelling these interlopers and restoring order. Rabbi Pastor falls to the ground and under the radar, trying to look injured and continuing to punch buttons on the hastily assembled controller. 
Responding to his wireless commands, Darby punches, spin kicks, and pile drives the guards, one, two, and three at a time until they lie in an unconscious heap. Max's bony shoulders heave frantically up and down as he tries to catch his breath. Eyes wild, he nods at Rabbi Pastor. I'm coming for you, Dr. Van Tribby! He shouts, <laughs> racing toward the lights, adrenaline pumping. This is what it feels like to be a hero. I know what that's an homage to. What's that? Smoke jumper! <laughs> Just see! This is what it feels like to be a hero. A sudden pinch in the action hero's neck draws a girlish yelp from his lips. What was that? Time is slowing down, and the edges of his vision begin to fade to black. Looking up, he sees James Wiles slowly lowering a small blowgun <laughs> from his mouth. As his consciousness fades, Max slurs the word, Why? and slumps to the ground, snoring loudly. Because someone has to protect the good doctor, Wiles answers. We mm. swore an oath. He reaches mm. into the box and pulls out a Rambo-esque serrated hunting knife. Thus begins a new dispensation in my life, he says soberly, cutting off his ponytail and dropping it to the turf. Wow. Ooh. Powerful. Rabbi Pastor is back on his feet, punching buttons and gnashing his teeth. Come on, he says, hitting A and B intermittently <laughs> as fast as he can. Max's lanky frame mechanically rises from the astroturf, still emitting a flim-rattling snore. <laughs> his eyes are closed and drool cascades from his mouth as he vaults up into the stands involuntarily, sprints up the aisle, and leaps for the second level, which he fails to clear. <laughs> Max's head connects loudly with the concrete, and he flips down onto a family of six. Dang it, Josh shouts. Wait a minute, Kate says, holding up both hands. You're into this stuff? Well, yes. Duke answers, shaking both tribulation maps. This stuff is what this stuff is all about. I'm sorry, Kate says, trying not to be rude, but I just don't believe in that. I mean, look at what's come of it all tonight. Duke pours, then drains, another tumbler full of doors, successfully suppressing the whiskey grimace for the 1500th consecutive time. I don't know another way, he says. Kate reaches into her attache and pulls out a small video iPod, chock full of James White lectures, Frank Turk articles, and Kim Riddlebarger's entire Eschatology 101 series. I do, she says. Ooh. That's foreshadowing, little I Dude, do. Yeah, things just got really uh, intriguing there in, in Duke Morris, Morrison's world. I can't wait to hear what happens next, Zach. We know, I think when we get to the very end, we may have just about finished Re-Raptured again. Uh-huh. And we'll find out even more about even what happens Even more about next. what yeah. happens. Yeah, like we'll learn what happens in the short term, but then really in the long term, as we, as we get deeply involved in these characters' lives, we'll, we'll really know what happens. I think um, there's three more chapters left, or, or maybe two. I think there's three. Unbelievable, baby. Unbelievable. Gut Check Literacy Month is almost over. That's crazy. Gut Check Literacy Month 2017 promises to, to be another good one. It really does, you know, <laughs> and as soon as, we, as soon as we land the plane on this Literacy Month, we're going to... We're going to start another one, Zach, because this company never stops giving back, you know? Exactly, yes. Um, we give back to Starbucks. We give back, we, we, you know, we, we give back to Amazon. That's we're, right. Here, we're in it for the little guy. Yeah, we are. We're, we, yeah, we're, really, uh, we're really about the little guy. So, um, baby, this has been so much fun. I've really missed doing this, and I really was scared initially that <laughs> – um, we were going to quit the program for today, and, and maybe even that we were going to quit the program altogether. It was touch and go there for a minute. But Did uh, I say something? I feel like I said something. You said something very troubling to me, to that effect. <laughs> I 
I was afraid that you were that you were going to just quit the entire program, and uh, I'm I for one am thankful that we haven't had to to do anything drastic today uh, along those lines. And and in fact, we got to record a beautiful baby episode, and we get to make the people happy, which is what this company is all about. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something, but you're you have nothing to say. You're speechless. I baby, am, dude. This, that was a rousing speech. It, it really was. It really. Ted, was and inspiring. I want you to hear me. You know. Be articulate here, and and mm-hmm. and I want you to hear me enunciate these words. I'm mm-hmm. roused by that by that speech. <laughs> I I am glad. I for one am glad that you're roused, and uh, I I will rouse you anytime because this is this is what we <laughs> this is this is what we do for one another as business partners uh, as we anticipate. Israel, go to goodbattletours.com, check out Cliff Graham's trips. If you want to travel to Israel with the Gut Check Podcast, that is with myself and Zachary Bartles, um, we are going to have an amazing time uh, on that trip with Cliff Graham. So check out goodbattletours.com, and we will see you next time. You want to look for yeah, you, you want to look for you. Yeah, almost like we should be worried. Cut. <laughs>